This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. I'm Cecilia Lay and this is Fifth Emission. People love to make assumptions about the Bay Area and its culture, especially if they're not actually from or in the Bay. A popular repeated narrative is that the region is on the decline. We've had it for every part of our culture here. The food scene has been dying. The fashion scene was dying. Now the art world is dying. I think out-of-town publications love these very clickbaity stories that have to do with how we're somehow any minute now going to fall into the bay and never recover. That's Tony Bravo, the Chronicle's arts and culture writer. He's got a bone to pick with the New York Times. In August, the outlet published a story with the headline, San Francisco's art market struggles in the shadow of Los Angeles. In a rebuttal piece, Tony spoke to over 50 Bay Area artists, curators, gallerists, and other art professionals. They wanted to debunk the New York Times' suggestion that San Francisco is losing its status as a global arts destination. One of the artists Tony spoke to was San Francisco media artist Lynn Hirschman Leeson, who was just recognized by the Venice Biennale. The writers was from L.A., so I think he had an initial bias in, in that way. And second, he was looking towards the past rather than to the future. I don't think people think that way anymore. You know, there's L.A. against San Francisco. We're not competing with L.A. You know, we're a part of the world. Today on Fifth Emission, Tony Bravo joins me to explain why the future of the Bay Area's art scene is looking bright. He'll also share what the New York Times piece did not get right. Later, I'll be joined by Ali Gass, the founding director of the New Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco, or ICASF, which just opened a couple of weeks ago. The Dogpatch Museum is an innovative space that's free to the public and is invested in addressing equity issues in the local arts community. Ali was interviewed for that New York Times piece. She'll share the context that she thinks was missing in the story and what makes San Francisco not only a unique arts destination, but also a desirable one. First, here's my conversation with Chronicle Arts and Culture writer Tony Bravo. Tony, as someone who knows the city's art and culture scene so well, what was your reaction to that New York Times article? Well, after a lifetime of living here and after several years covering the arts and culture scene and two really uh, intensely covering the visual arts scene here, my initial response was, girl, please. <laughs> Unfortunately for the writers of this New York Times story, the, the art scene dying narrative just didn't bear out. They chose to write this story Shortly ahead of a very exciting fall in San Francisco, we have seen a new museum open, the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco. We've seen a number of significant shows open up at major institutions that are already in existence. We are in a really exciting moment of change and momentum. Museum directors at a number of the major arts organizations have assumed new roles in the last few years. So I want to Talk about some of the people you spoke to. You are the Chronicle's arts and culture writer. You clearly wanted to write a story in response. How did you go about 
doing that. And who did you talk to? Well, I have to tell you, it's funny. About a month and a half before the story published, a number of people reached out to me and said, we have a feeling that the story that a couple of writers from the New York Times are working on about the art scene here may have a bit of an agenda to it. A few people described questions they felt were a bit leading and that wanted to focus on what wasn't working here. So even before the story was online, I had a number of people that said, when that publishes, I am ready for the rebuttal. Within the first three days of the story being online, I spoke to more than 40 people. I think overall, I spoke to between 55 and 65 people. A lot of people wanted to share their feelings with me about this because they felt that the story really had an axe to grind and that it just wasn't accurate. Speaking of accuracy, the New York Times story pointed to the closures of two top drawer galleries as indication that the region was losing its mojo as an arts destination, the Gagosian Gallery in Soma and Pace in Palo Alto. Why is that an inaccurate perspective? What I thought was most fascinating, talking to artists, curators, gallerists, other arts professionals, is that this isn't just a place that is about dollars and cents. Uh, There are galleries that do incredible business here, but it's really an ecosystem in San Francisco. So many people use the words community or ecosystem to describe the arts here. For the artists to survive, there need to be galleries. For the galleries to survive, there need to be institutions that will buy the work from those galleries that then supports those artists. There need to be collectors. There need to be philanthropists. There need to be everyday museum and gallery goers. There need to be people that are purchasing art at a very high level. There need to be people purchasing art at the community level. Our art scene is also not just one thing. It's not just blue chip galleries. It's not just enormous institutions. We have a lot of diversity from smaller galleries that really do focus on not just the neighborhoods, but like the very blocks that they're on to international collecting institutions and international institutions like the new ICASF, uh, which is not a collecting institution, but whose mission is to present both local and, and internationally. I think that Chris Bedford, the new director of the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, said in my story that we could look to the community while still having a global reach. And I feel that um, that's a pretty good assessment for the philosophy here. And you also had examples in your story of the ways that the San Francisco art scene is thriving, some new openings, some new expansions. Tell me about some of those that you would want listeners to be aware of. Well, it was just an interesting time for them to say that the art scene was dying because a lot was either going on or about to happen. So in the weeks since that story published in August, we have seen the five-year anniversary exhibition at the McAvoy Foundation for the Arts, which featured commissions by four local artists, Sadie Barnett, Angela Hennessy, Claire Rojas, and Zio Ziegler. The Fine Arts Museums of San Francisco had their major fundraising event of the fall, the On the Edge Gala. And while there, the museum director and CEO, Tom Campbell, announced that we would be having the second edition of the DeYoung Open Triennial, which is a jury-paneled exhibition that features artists from the nine Bay Area counties. We've also seen just a total reevaluation, I think, in recent years of how museums run, of what museums' missions are who they represent. That's across the the arts, but the Bay Area certainly has had a big role in that. Sometimes it's been reactive, like it was in the case of SFMOMA, needing to respond to uh, some crises in 
internally among their staffing about representation, about priorities, about how staff was treated. Other times it's been instigated by the organizations themselves, the Oakland Museum of California and the Asian Art Museum are both organizations that looked at their internal structures, that looked at their relationships with the community and asked amid some of the major social movements of 2020 whether they were living up to what their goals should be. So it's a time of a lot of change, I think, for the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. There is more going on than the New York Times would have you believe. And they did say that artists are fleeing the Bay Area for Los Angeles. How did the people you spoke to respond to that point? People are fleeing everywhere at the moment. Every city has some kind of a a crisis with housing or prices of of housing. Uh, This is not unique to San Francisco. L.A. is also not above rising rents and is not above issues of the unsheltered and there being a drug crisis also in that city. So a lot of people felt that comparison was unfair. San Francisco does have some very real problems. It costs a lot of money to live here, no matter what you do. You can be in the arts, you can be in any other profession, and rent is is high. Many people felt that it was unfair to say that San Francisco was more difficult than another big city like Los Angeles or New York, because a lot of these are just urban issues. Mm-hmm. Well, Tony Bravo, I'm so glad you defended our city against New York Times. Thank you so much for your piece, and I appreciate you talking to me about it. Thanks for having me. Tony Bravo covers art and culture for The Chronicle. Find a link to his New York Times response piece in our show notes, as well as at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. After a quick break, we'll chat with Ali Gass, founding director of the new museum that Tony mentioned, the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco, or ICASF. Gass will debunk more of the claims in that New York Times piece, and she'll talk about why the opening of ICASF should make you feel hopeful about San Francisco's art scene. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Before the break, Tony Bravo shared his beef with a New York Times piece that made a few bold claims about San Francisco, including... Local artists are fleeing to Los Angeles, and museums and galleries have struggled to build meaningful ties with Silicon Valley wealth. Ali Gass disagrees. She's the founding director of the new Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco, located in Dogpatch. Gass was interviewed for that New York Times piece in question, and she joins me now to discuss her thoughts on the story. Ali, let's start here. There were some choice quotes in the story, including one from mega art dealer Larry Gagosian, who said, quote, you don't need to be in San Francisco. There really was no reason to be there. It never felt like it had energy. What was your reaction to the story? What a silly, silly quote from Larry Gagosian. I think it doesn't really matter what Larry has to say about San Francisco. My reaction to that was that it was an unnecessary story and a pretty divisive story. And what a 
bummer. I think it's great that we're continuing to talk about it only because it gives us a chance to talk about how many fantastic and important things are really happening in the Bay Area arts community and how unique and special this community really is for reasons that the New York Times really didn't touch on at all. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are challenges to the Bay Area arts community as there are for any. But my fundamental reaction to that story is that the fact of two sort of mega market galleries leaving the Bay Area really has no bearing on whether or not this is a vital arts community. And that kind of premise to that article was kind of flawed (laughs) from its origin. And You were quoted in that piece saying that, quote, San Francisco is a city that is comfortable with risk and the ICA could only work in a place like San Francisco. Can you expand on that? What does San Francisco have that other arts destinations don't? I think like a lot of people that I've spoken to who were quoted in that article, I think we said a lot of things in our interviews and a lot of quotes probably got truncated. So yes, I do think that San Francisco is indeed a city that is comfortable with risk. I think there's something very real about the fact that the ICA San Francisco, which is, as you know, a brand new Mm -hmm. non-collecting contemporary art museum that launched just two weeks ago and started pretty quickly, happened really fast. We started it with incredible support from incredible funders who really believed that there was space to add another arts organization to a city. And the reason that I say it could really almost only happen here is because it's an exciting idea to say, hey, I see the possibility of adding a new contemporary art space. This is a city where people can say, I see a good idea. I'm willing to put some money into it and to kind of allow it to happen rather organically. And I think that in the museum world, there's been this long tradition of kind of presenting oneself with a veneer of almost perfection, right? Mm. But I think in San Francisco, there is this sense that it's okay to take some risk and show some of that labor. And the ICA San Francisco is leaning into this idea of kind of always being under construction and letting us ourselves see that. And that's the kind of language of startup. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, let's just try it. Let's bring that attitude to the making of a museum. And aside from taking risks, I know that also ICA is very committed to addressing issues of inequity. And that is something that San Francisco really knows very well. And I'm guessing that the city feels like a safe space to really explore what that could look like and what solutions could look like too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is not like at all unique to the ICA San Francisco, right? This is something that made the Bay Area my professional home. I really grew up in my career here um, in San Francisco at SFMOMA, at the Cantor Art Center, and a little bit at the ICA San Jose as well. And what I have come to see in the supporters of the arts, in artists, just across the board in the arts community here is that this is a place where humans really see artistic practice, civic and social equity, social progress, like uniquely and inextricably linked, right? So I think this is the place to forge and kind of course correct issues of equity, both in terms of the artists that we show, the humans who work in the field of the arts, and the way we kind of structure and examine power structures across the board, frankly, in in arts institutions and in our practice. And I understand that some powerful tech art collectors have reached out to support ICA. And that New York Times piece seemed to sort of underscore that the Bay Area has failed 
to capitalize on its proximity to Silicon Valley wealth and innovation, there is a connection to the art world in Silicon Valley that maybe that piece missed, do you think? Of course, that piece completely missed that. I don't really know where this kind of narrative of Silicon Valley doesn't support the arts or hasn't supported the arts exactly comes from. What I kind of continue to say is that there is no kind of monolithic Silicon Valley or tech collector, right? These are individual humans Mm -hmm. who just like any industry, some people like to support the art, some people like to support this cause or that cause. Yes, absolutely. The ICA San Francisco was absolutely backed and could not exist without people who, who made money in tech and really believe in the power of the arts to like create change in the world. That's the truth. And so, yeah, if you need to point to the ICA San Francisco as a fact that like Silicon Valley is supporting the arts, there's your proof. 100%. That's true. Yes. And as you mentioned, ICA just opened a couple weeks ago. Tell me about the response that you've received, you know, from artists and the larger San Francisco community residents that are walking in because I know it's free to the public. What has that been like in the past couple of weeks? Oh my gosh, it's been incredibly, incredibly exciting. And as I said, you know, we really are a startup. We absolutely uh, made the decision to kind of move quite quickly and open our doors really quickly. I'm incredibly proud of the exhibition that we opened our doors with. It's called This Burning World by the artist Jeffrey Gibson, who lives and works in upstate New York. It's a major, major ambitious project about land acknowledgement and our relationship to the earth. So he sort of opened a crevice in our floor, exposing the earth beneath the ICA and made a monumental video work. Yes, it's been really, really exciting to have so many people from artist community, the public sort of across the entire city and people from outside of the city coming to the ICA, we are just beginning, beginning, beginning to understand how to reach out and connect with people. We are free to the public. That is a huge commitment that we have made to stay free. But yeah, it's been incredibly gratifying to see people kind of posting about us as they visit and signing up for our newsletter. And really just we encourage people to sort of stay in touch with us and let us know sort of what do you want to see from a new free contemporary art museum? Because we're really trying to understand sort of what is the program that makes people want to come. Let us make you feel welcome at the ICA because we really truly are a startup. And as you've mentioned, San Francisco is facing real challenges, unaffordability, among other things. People love to point that out about San Francisco. We're not the only city addressing issues like that. You know, when we always continue to hear criticisms of San Francisco, what is sort of your source of optimism as you continue your work? Two things, really. Um, One is, as I pointed out to you before, I think San Francisco is a city of people who have a deep commitment to forging progress and a real sense of like deep hopefulness. I've worked in the arts in other cities as well. I've worked in New York. I've worked in Chicago. Those are amazing cities as well for the arts. But this is a place where I've sort of had the most success, frankly, in sort of raising money and and sharing vision with people who really believe in the power of contemporary art specifically to sort of make change in the world. I think we have a moment where there's a lot of incredible new leadership in the arts in our city at many wonderful institutions. So that feels like there's this zeitgeist happening, right? There's incredible new leadership at SFMOMA, at the Cantor Art Center, at the Berkeley Art Museum, MOAD, Moneta White is doing amazing things. There's just like this this 
this feeling that something is really happening here. So through the arts, I think there's that. And then I think you have to look at like the two sides of the economic disparity story, right? There's great wealth in this city. And mm-hmm. some of it is relatively new wealth. And I think there's a there's a thing you have to realize about that. So that when when people make a lot of money, it also takes them some time to be able to give that money away. And we're getting to the point where people are now really able to say, okay, I've had this incredible fortune to like make some money and I care deeply about making impact in my city. What am I going to do with it? So yes, there's economic disparity in this city in ways that we can't not see. And as you rightly pointed out, that's not unique to San Francisco. But what is potentially unique to San Francisco is that there's also people who have the ability to make change. And now we're getting to the point where those of us who can help tell the story about where change needs to be made can help people like make that change. So I feel really hopeful that this is the place, a place, not the only place, but a place where some of that change can for sure be happening. Ali Gass, such a pleasure to speak with you. I can't wait to visit ICA soon. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Ali Gass is the founding director of the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco. It's a brand new dog patch museum free to the public. Learn more about it at icasf.org or you can follow them on Instagram at ICA San Francisco. Thank you again to Tony Bravo and Ali Gass for being my guests, as well as media artist Lynn Hirschman Leeson for speaking with us. Special thanks to Sarah Feldberg and King Kaufman for the production help and edits and to you for listening.